Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast, a space for conversation, meditation, and education about all things faith, relationships, and mental health. I'm your host, Kobe Campbell, and this is my sometimes co-host, Kyle Campbell. Hello, every person, <laughs> everyone. Yeah, yeah, that, the first time was just okay, good. good. Yeah, I appreciate it though. Um, today, we are going to talk about self-care. So February is a month that is highly associated with self-care. You see self-care affirmations, self-care routines, self-care challenges. But, you know, I think that as self-care has become more widely accepted in our culture, I also feel like it's lost its true meaning. So what do you think? It's like the cool kid in middle school. Oh, wait, elaborate. <laughs> you know, like the cool kid starts off kind of edgy and they're different. And then all of a sudden they become the normal thing and everyone's just like them and they kind of sell out. That's what self-care has done. I have no clue what he's trying to communicate. You don't get it? <laughs> no, I okay. don't. I don't. But yeah, I think that, I think that like, to be honest, especially as a therapist, I think that I'm very passionate about self-care because it's very meaningful and it's necessary to our lives. Um, if you're a believer, I think that self-care and Sabbath are synonymous in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just think that when people think about self-care, they think of like bubbles and champagne and spas and like doing nothing really, you know? And so I feel like there's like two ends of the spectrum. There's like people who completely embrace self-care And then there's people who are like, people who engage in self-care are weak. (laughs) I know people like that. (laughs) Yeah, you sure do. Yeah, I I am a reformed one of those people. Yeah. I'm doing better. Yeah, he's becoming a believer, which is more than I could ever ask for. Um, But yeah, I think that um, self-care is super important. But if we don't understand the foundational need for self-care, the biological imperative of self-care for ourselves and especially for ourselves as people of color, I think we miss an opportunity to make like lasting change, like change that goes beyond our lifetime change that goes generations and generations and generations ahead of us. So I, um, yesterday was getting ready to take Levi to daycare And I was like, you know what? I passed by the Planet Fitness that I'm paying for. (laughs) That (laughs) been paying. Yeah, that twenty dollars a month is just going out the door because I was like, I'm gonna get the black membership so I can invite (laughs) a friend and I can always have a workout partner. I can work out at midnight if I want to. (laughs) Right, and I'm pretty sure I've been like maybe five times. (laughs) Part of that was like I was pregnant, but either way, I was like, man, I'm totally going to work out. I was like, I'm going to go on a little Stairmaster thingy and maybe I'll do some leg presses. And like, as I put on like my leggings and my workout clothes, I was like... Which look phenomenal, by the way. (laughs) Thank you, Kyle. Um, Yeah. So as I'm putting this on, I'm like, you know what? (sighs) Nah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to do it. And I felt the Lord say to me, if self-care does not include my physical health, that I'm not destroying generational curses. I'm just transforming them. Mm. And there's so many of us who like are hip to that. You know, we're like, oh, we see these pa- these patterns in our family. We've seen these patterns in our family and we do not want to pass them on. 
but oftentimes we only want to address like the relational part of that you know what i mean yeah we're like oh like i'm you know this person didn't show their emotion so i'm gonna show emotion or this person wasn't honest so i'm gonna be honest but like we don't want to address the physical part and i just feel like you can't separate the physical you know i feel like you can't separate the physical from the relational um i think that self-care is necessary because there's always i think there should be always one part that is rest and one part that is development you know yeah so for every like emotional pattern that's dysfunctional like what a lot of people call generational curses there is in my opinion always a corresponding physical manifestation of that Mm. you know and you know there's so many people like myself who are emotional eaters who relate to things that can't respond to them when we're overwhelmed because we don't want to be disappointed because we don't want to be embarrassed because we don't want to burden other people and then the way that we respond to our emotions affects our bodies yeah you know like you may not be overweight but you may just be unhealthy you know and yeah. I know that's the case for me if I'm just being honest I think it's it's interesting that you say that cuz I feel like being an emotional eater is one of the most normalized, yeah. like, coping mechanisms in our culture. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like... no one looks at you... Now, if you say, man, I had a really tough day, so I'm going to go home and I'm going to snort a line of cocaine, <laughs> people would look at you like, wow, like, that's a little much. What's Don't wrong think? with like, you? That's, yeah. Maybe that's doing too much. But if you say, oh, man, I've had a tough day, I'm going to go home and on my way home, I'm stopping that food line... I'm getting a pint of Ben and Jerry's and I'm going to town on it. And yeah, people are just going to say, dream. oh my gosh, I wish I could do that too. <laughs> yeah, you know, take no a one's going to bat me. an eye at that. Yeah, yeah. But when you think about it, like that's that's probably not healthy. And it's just not, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's just not healthy. Um, you know, and I think that as we engage in self-care, like for me, the the rest is retreating. You know, I talked about the rest and development. For me, the rest is retreating, is getting away because I'm constantly interacting. I'm constantly talking and feeling and expressing. And so for me, rest is like reading a book or listening to a podcast or watching like a good movie or something. But the development that God is also calling me into is like, hey, you can rest as self-care, but also you have to work this thing out. Yeah. Like, I know for my family, the thing is like diabetes. That's just pretty much everyone on my mom's side of the family who's passed away, except for one of my uncles has passed away from complications of diabetes. Yeah. And it's not, um, I think it's a physical thing. Yeah. Like, yes, there are physical components to it, obviously, because it's diabetes. But I also think it's rooted in emotional suppression, Because the way that we eat is not just eating to nourish our bodies. Mm. We're eating to feel better. We're eating to reward our our bodies. We're eating to reward our emotions. We're eating to get that dopamine kick. Yeah. So that we can feel better because our lives aren't satisfying enough. Yeah. It's, you know, I don't think it's by accident that so much of our culture's food is labeled as comfort food 
Mm. You know, like there's there's some truth in that somewhere. Look, there's so much um, truth in it. Because you eat it and you do feel <laughs> so much you know, better. A lot better. And you've got specifically um, women in our culture who have been forced to shoulder burdens that no one should have to carry. Mm. And it's just this this almost um, this badge of pride on on. How much food can you make that makes people forget about what's going on in their lives? Yes, yes. Yeah, and then, you know, that same person. So me and Kyle have talked about how... So when I was in seminary, we learned about Big Mama Syndrome. Um, And I shared it with Kyle, and Kyle was like, wow. He was, like, mind blown. But um, my professor, who was a black man, he was like, you know, this isn't, like, you know, empirically supported or anything, but I, I feel like a lot of... Families of color have big mama syndrome. Come on. And big mama syndrome is the person, he said, usually the person who is biggest in the family is carrying the most secrets. A word. It's the person who's raising other people's kids. It's the person who's supporting people emotionally. It's the person who's constantly giving and giving and giving and never receiving and therefore never having the time to care for themselves and never having the time to emotionally unburden themselves. And so they turn to food or to alcohol. You know, they turn to something that can give them that quick fix, that emotional high and something that doesn't tax them emotionally or mentally. Yeah. Because they're already so taxed emotionally and mentally. And I know that's how I am. And I know that, you know, I think in a lot of ways therapy is natural for me. But there are some ways that it's just not, you know, because I'm not used to leaving burdens in a room. I'm the person who wants to carry it with me everywhere. Yeah. And realizing that, like, my body has felt different since I, you know, have gotten more sessions and been in more sessions and that I'm eating worse, you know, and um, just having to be aware that, like, I am called to carry people's secrets. I am vowed. Um, you know, to confidentiality. Yeah. And so my self-care can't include eating a pint of American Dream. God bless Ben and Jerry, man. God bless them. You, you <laughs> need to really upgrade your ice cream swag. Because American Dream is like fifth on the list of Ben and Jerry's ice creams. No. That's a whole nother podcast. That's the next episode, guys. <laughs> next go... episode. Best flavor of Ben and Jerry's. And number one, of course, is half-baked. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff after that. Oh, no. um, American Dream is, is somewhere down the line. But, but I think what you're saying is like, it's so true. It's not just in our culture. I think you can see it anywhere you want to Yeah, look. If yeah. you look at leaders of faith mm, in our community, come on. you will see a lot of people who are heavy burdened yeah. and their bodies reflect that. Yeah. You look at like, anecdotally, mm, you look like at that. nurses. Heavy burdened and their bodies reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's all these different, you know, you, you think of like, and again, I'm talking specifically about our community, but yeah. in our community, yeah. I think of teachers. Yeah. I think of nurses. I think of leaders of faith. I think of people who are required to give more than they receive on a mm. constant basis yeah. and the body the body keeps the score yeah on that yeah it does it absolutely does um and you know this is why self-care is so important because we a lot of us are born with genetic vulnerabilities mm. you know alongside those generational relational and emotional like curses in your quotations come genetic vulnerabilities these weak spots in the 
uh, you know, the foundation of our genetic, you know, makeup that make us more vulnerable and susceptible to things like diabetes and to high blood pressure. Mm. And the reason why I wanted to even do this episode and really focus on why self-care is important and to provide you guys with a language to understand the importance of self-care is because if we don't know the why of self-care, if we don't know why we are engaging in self-care, we could be exacerbating the problem. Mm. You know, for me, self-care, you know me, self-care has been Grey's Anatomy, glass of wine, some American dream, um, Ben and Jerry's, feel free to sponsor you, girl. <laughs> um, Half-baked. Anyway. Send it to us. Oh, wait, please. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> FBI, whoever's listening. <laughs> yeah. Send yes. us the ice cream. FBI agent 422. I hear you, sis. I know you be moving my... my uh, my lighting on my phone up and down when you're mad. No, but... no, 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 no. Your phone is always dead because your phone is always on max brightness all the time, forever. Okay. Well, in the middle of the night, the brightness changes because FBI agent 422 be making moves. Um, but anyways, for me, the way that I dealt with um, self-care and the way that I like kind of like engaged in it as I was in my counseling program and before I was in my program was to literally just like pretty much take a hammer to my genetic vulnerabilities. Like I'm very vulnerable to high blood pressure. I'm very vulnerable to diabetes considering my mom's from a family of 10 and everyone has diabetes, Mm. you know? Yeah. That's not good odds. Yeah. It's not, it's not. And same with my dad's side of the family. My dad's the only one who doesn't have diabetes of his, it's either 10 or 11 siblings. (laughs) That's a lot of people with diabetes. That's a lot of that's a lot of diabetes, you know, possibility and your dad in my intentionally blood. Intentionally worked to make sure that he doesn't fall into that trap. Correct. Talk about a man who's disciplined. Because your mama be throwing down. Yeah. And yeah. he will he'll cut his portions in half and he'll do exercise and all that. But he's he's clearly he's understood this whether he has the background that you have or not. But he yeah. understands. The oh, yeah. criticality of like, he decided he to make a change and he was not part playing of the system games. That's yeah. been created. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that because I did not know the why, and I thought self care was just about making myself feel good instead of developing myself into, you know, a better person, mm-hmm. not just emotionally, but physically, um, I was doing stuff like making it worse. Yeah. I was just eating really poorly. Um, And I want to give you guys the language to express to yourself, to your friends, to your family, to your employers, why you make the choices that you make when you decide to care for yourself emotionally and when you decide to care for yourself physically. Yeah. Um, So this is the moment where you grab your notebook or, you know, swipe over to notepad on your iPhone. I don't know what Androids have, but... Slide over to that. Yeah, whatever you lames are using on Android. Stop. Flip to that. Stop. Um, so yeah. Self care is about regulating our neurotransmitters so they don't swing widely from one end of the spectrum to another. Right? Because all of the body's chemicals need to stay in a healthy range so our genetic vulnerabilities do not get triggered. And this applies physically as well. So if you have 
a history of bipolar disorder in your family, you need to be low, low stress. This is not, you know, you being lazy, let the world say what they will about you, but you take care of yourself and every single person that's going to come after you. And you need to have a low stress life. If you have depression that runs in your family, schizophrenia that runs in your family, it is your responsibility now that you are armed with this information to make sure that you are taking care of yourself and also the people who come after you. It's so important because the reality is we can shift the scale on our genetic vulnerabilities because our genetic vulnerabilities started in one place with one person, right? It started with one person who was super stressed and maybe they passed down just the genetic vulnerabilities, but maybe they passed down the behavioral patterns that lend to those genetic vulnerabilities. Mm. You know, maybe you see a parent who doesn't deal with their emotions. And so you're eating poorly because that's how they dealt with their emotions. Now you've not only inherited the genetic vulnerability of, you know, high cholesterol or high blood pressure or diabetes, You've also inherited that poor relational skill of isolating and eating your emotions. You know, um, something that my supervisor told me that stuck with me that was like, oh, shoot, I need to make moves in my life is like she was like, you know, when you when you're so stressed, when your neurotransmitters are heavy burdened and you know, they're swinging from one end of the spectrum to another when you're getting a ton of rest and then no rest at all. When that boundary is crossed, you know, for people who have a genetic um, genetic disposition to bipolar disorder or to depression, like once it's, once that boundary is crossed, like it can't be uncrossed, mm-hmm. you know, like once you stress yourself out, to the point that you have now triggered and activated your genetic vulnerabilities, it can't be undone. And I think people need to hear that because it's imperative that we take care of ourselves, especially in a world that glorifies exhaustion. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All the, most of the people that we praise, like I, I'm in corporate America. So, you know, when we look at the people at the top of my organization who are worthy of esteem in all these different ways, like, emails are flying at 3 a.m. Wow. I mean, and you've been in the bed with me back and before like, I had my phone, phone muted phone or whatever. buzzing? What is wrong with you? 3 a.m. I'd be waking up answering emails because that's what I felt like I needed to do if mm. I was going to be successful, right? Yeah. But, like, that's... We, yeah, that, that's so true. We glorify exhaustion, and it's almost seen as a badge of pride yeah. how tired you are because of all the stuff that you do. Like, yeah, you're so I work so 300 hours this week. Like, there's not even that many hours in a week. Wow. But I, you know, I, I went you. back in time and worked again on purpose. <laughs> I created a time machine, and <laughs> yeah. then I went back. Just so I could work. I'm on my grind. What the rest of y'all doing? <laughs> right, right. I'm grinding y'all sleeping, you know? <laughs> it's just so, it's so absolutely absurd because cause what's that money going to do for you when you when you are dealing with psychosis? What's that money going to do for you when you're in the hospital? Mm-hmm. Nothing. So when you say, you know, you have to make sure that you're low stress, what does that look like? Like realistically? Yeah. Like, what does low stress mean when you say that? Well, I think that low stress is subjective. And when I'm talking about low stress, I'm talking about um, low constant stress. 
you know, because it's natural to have a presentation and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. I need to work on this. Mm -hmm. It's natural to have something that you need to complete a task or something that you need to complete and feel a little bit of stress about it. But your everyday should not include high levels of stress. So your routine, your routine shouldn't be... I'm, yep. It's 8 a.m., so that means I'm stressed till 11. <laughs> right, and right. And then I take a break from being stressed, and then I'm stressed for another four hours. Absolutely. Your routine should not revolve around you being panicked and stressed. And the best way to, you know, combat that and to remedy, like, a stress, a stress-laden life is to build routine that is specifically for you. Hmm. You know? Um, something that my supervisor also shared with me, y'all, my supervisor got all the knowledge. Um, but something she shared with me as well as she was like, it, one, it's imperative to keep your stress levels low Two, you need to go to sleep and wake up pretty much at the same time, especially if you have a genetic disposition that is related to any type of mental health issue, like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Like you need to get sleep regularly because these things can easily be triggered by stress, by lack of sleep, by lack of nourishment, by lack of um, hydration. Um, She said you need to eat around the same time every day. And what this schedule does, so the schedule is not about binding you. It's not about jailing you to like these numbers during the day. It is about making sure that you, your body is getting what it needs to function. It's about making sure your body is getting sleep. It's about making sure that your body is getting food because how many of us work, you know, between 11 and six and are like, we didn't eat today. Ha ha ha. And it's like (laughs) this like funny, cute thing in conversations. And it like, it just, it's crazy because I've been there, you know, I've, I've gone and had five sessions in a row and not brought a single snack or a water bottle and been out here like that SpongeBob episode, like water, <laughs> what? <laughs> like uh. completely shrivel. My lips feel like they're about to fall off my face. I feel like they're gonna crack if I smile too hard. So I'm me mugging my clients. Shout out to SpongeBob, R.I.P. Yeah. Um. Wait, did SpongeBob die? Well, I mean, it was like canceled and that's oh, why oh, oh, they oh, wanted yeah, yeah, them yeah, yeah, to yeah. do Sweet Victory or whatever for the Super Bowl. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, wait. Did I miss something? Like, did I have a funeral for him? Yeah, pour one out for the homie next time you're hanging out with your friends. Right. Um, Yeah, so also she said, like, do not be afraid to take time off. And that, um, that is something that I think a lot of us, especially at our age, are so afraid to do. Easier said than done. Yeah. I'm terrified about taking time off. Yeah, he is. And, and. God has truly blessed me with a profession that is built around a schedule that I build for myself. You know, I develop my own schedule and that's awesome. And so when, when I'm like, Ooh, mm -mm, your girl needs a day. Um, I can do that and I don't have to report to anyone for that. And that I, I recognize because I'm married to you, I recognize what a blessing that is because people can't do that. Like, Everyone's at the at the bottom right now. Everyone's grinding, trying to develop a name for themselves, trying to communicate consistency and reliability mm, so that yep. someone will believe in them and their abilities and take them to the next level. And so it's a difficult, but for people who can't take time off, I would just say make sure your weekends are like restful and not like going out to get trashed restful, <laughs> you know, yeah. but like yeah. actually restful, cut down on caffeine People like me, um, I love my coffee. I have 
sometimes three cups a day, mostly because mom life. Um, but Bruh. we got to cut down on coffee because like it, it affects our body biologically. It gets us jittery. It gets us hype. It pumps our adrenaline. Um, yeah. And, and go to therapy, you know, if you need to, I'm not the kind of person who's like, everyone needs therapy. I think everyone should go once just to say that they've been, um, I think it's always helpful. I mean, no one's yeah. ever, well, no, that's yeah, not I'm like, true. Wait, let's I was not go say, down no that one's that ever run. gone to therapy and come back and been worse for it. <laughs> there are some people, especially those of you who find yourself in some way, shape or form a minority it may be important to really vet who you are going to get therapeutic yeah. care from because yeah. well-meaning people who don't understand your context can do a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah. And this is where, you know, things like Therapy, therapy for Black Girls, um, the podcast, and Dr. Joy, um, you know, there's a new app that came out by some beautiful women of color in Charlotte. The app is called Attuned. Get connected to it if you're a therapist and if you're seeking therapy. Um, I'll put their information in the show notes. Um, but yeah, like there, there are people, there are people, you know, there are people out here doing things. There are people out here, you know, making moves. Um, but yes. So what your job is, is to make sure that you are being rested, like you are rested, that you and consistent, and that you are being consistent in making rest for yourself and for people who are believers. It's it's amazing how God anticipates this self because that's what Sabbath is. Yeah, Sabbath is like, hey, you can't work forever. Now you need to rest. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Scripture is really clear about it. Like Sabbath, Sabbath was made for man. Man was not made made for Sabbath, right? Like yeah. the point of Sabbath is not just to honor God. We honor God by resting. We honor mm. God by trusting the story that God is telling yeah. that our whole lives are not built up to how effective we are, mm. how productive we are, yes. that the idea of coming out of Egypt as slaves and having to relearn what it's like to be a person outside of slavery, like that's what Sabbath was for. And yeah. shamefully, it's still appropriate to this day because many of us, myself included, I'm raising my hand are enslaved to the American dream, a slave mm. to the machine that that maybe mm. doesn't say it out loud anymore, but definitely says it with every action, with every liked tweet, with every, you know, upvoted post or whatever, yeah. that you are only as good as your production. And so Sabbath yeah. says, yeah. no, who you are is defined by you resting in the identity that I've established for you. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And for those of you who are not believers, rest and self-care is important anyways. For those of you who are believers, for everybody, I think as we develop our routines for self-care, um, we need to start with like the foundation of understanding of what our why is, mm. right? Yeah. So, you know, take some time to journal. And I know that I'm going to do this and probably do this with some of my clients, but like, you need to know what your what the relational patterns are and obviously you can't tackle them all at once and you're not meant to but like what the relational patterns in your life are um and what the like you know the physical manifestation the mm. corresponding physical manifestation of those relational patterns are so that as you build your routine for self-care you can build a space for you to rest from having to work on that because self-care is not about doing work. 
You know, it's not yeah. completely about doing work. So that you can, you know, maybe for me um, and my emotional eating, I'm just doing this off the top of my head. You know, my my uh, emotional reality and relational pattern that's not good is often I try to withhold what I feel because I don't feel like other people can handle it. Mm. You know, I'm like, oh, you can't look this is too much for you, sis. I'll, me and Ben and Jerry, we gonna go in the back. <laughs> you know? Me, Ben and Jerry, Jerry. yeah, close they the door. Never let me we down. Just, we gonna have a little powwow, okay? Ben, Jerry, ben and Jerry been a one since day one. Right, right. They never, they've never missed um, a day. They always come. They show up to work on time. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, for me, it's it's you know maybe rest is letting myself have ice cream once in a while. And letting myself rest from the work of having to always try to connect and develop intimacy with other people. But on the other hand, I think that the development part of self-care is that like I have to work out and I cannot have ice cream all the time. And I have to believe that that is caring for my body. Yeah, that it's not a diet. I mean, dieting's fine. There's a place for that. But that it's actually important for your well-being. Yeah. Long-term important for Levi, important yeah. for our relationship, important, yeah. just important yeah. in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's moved me to be able to realize that like, it takes one person to move the scale with these one relational patterns and these genetic vulnerabilities. Yeah. Like you're telling me if I take care of myself well, and then I have children, maybe that percentage of them, you know, being vulnerable to diabetes goes down from 80 to you know, 30. And then once I teach them how to care for themselves emotionally and teach them how to have a healthy relationship with food, that their kids will only have a 10% and then they'll teach their kids and there'll be a 2%. And then one day it'll be gone. Look at God, you know, just being able to say like, I get, I actually get to have a say in what the world looks like after me. Mm. But it starts with moments in my room by myself when I'm putting on my leggings and I decide whether or not I'm going to the gym. Facts. Man. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's the reality that we all face. I know for mm. me, um, I have often struggled. There's a line between isolation and solitude, mm. yeah. right? Like they're, they're not the same thing. Yeah. Um, and one of them for me is healthy mm. uh, in, in doses and one of them isn't. Um, some people would say that I'm an extrovert and I, I guess I can be, but I spend a lot of time in my own head and I like being in my own head. But for me, one of the things that is like, um, a negative relational aspect that transfer transfers over physically is like stress and shame. Mm. And so what I do left on my own devices, what I do is I feel stress then I feel shame mm-hmm. for feeling stress at all mm-hmm. as if I should just be like you're meant to be Superman and invincible or something. Yes. That yeah. I should just deal with it and yeah. that I shouldn't feel it at all. Yeah. And then what I do to get away from those emotions is I isolate myself mm-hmm. and the same action can be healthy in one, one point and be dangerous in another. For me, it's reading. I love reading, Yeah, but and Kobe has helped me with this. Um, there will be times where I'll read for 10 hours, 
12 hours. He's not joking, y'all. For, like, read till 5 or 6 in the morning because I like the idea of being stuck in a story that someone else is telling where I have no burden. Yeah. All I'm doing is participating. Yeah. What I do say or think won't change the outcome. It's stress-free. It's a form of dissociation. Yeah. Um, and that can be good in very small doses. Yeah. Not in very small doses, but in, in a measured dose. Yeah, it's normal to want to get away for a little bit. But That's can normal. easily turn into isolation for oh, me. Oh, yeah. And then I'll leave those moments of going on a, a reading session for 14 hours, and I'm more tired than when I started, mm. and I'm more stressed, and it yeah. snowballs until the next time where I spend mm. 14 hours reading again. Yeah. Right? So, like, and that... I mean, everyone's got their own thing, but yeah. that has a physical response. Yeah. Um, not yeah. only in my weight gain because I'm not eating or I'm not sleeping or whatever, but yeah. also like the itching. Yeah. Which you kind of helped me see. Yeah. Was my body shouting out, "Hey, you're not help, okay." Help. <laughs> yeah. So for a lot of people who suppress emotion, um, in the traditional ways that it's expressed via tears. Or words. What's a tear? I've heard of those. <laughs> a tear. <laughs> a tear. Hmm. Um, uh, who suppress emotions in traditional ways, um, and it's really associated with PTSD and with trauma. Um, they'll often break out in hives, and it's their body responding to these emotions that they're trying not to experience because emotions are physical responses, hmm. and people forget that. Yeah, you the know. body feels them whether we acknowledge them or not. Yeah. And I'm not saying that because I know that. I'm saying that because my wife told me. And, yeah. um, you know, the longer I'm married, the more the voice of God sounds off, you know, an awful lot like Kobe. It's weird. Yeah, believe God is a woman. Wow. <laughs> I wish you guys could see the weird body movements <laughs> she's making. Yeah. Um, so yeah, as as you go about your February doing all the self care things, living your full black life or non black life. Come on. Um, on celebrating Black History Month and 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 Valentine's Day and love and and all the great things that happen in the very short month of February, I think that you should make sure that you as you do the emotional work. A lot of us are doing emotional heavy lifting and go girl, do it. You can do it. And guy, yeah, all one yes, of you who are guy. listening. Yes, go guy. You got this. You doing this? You're making a change. Um, a lot of us are doing emotional heavy lifting, and so we're like, oh man, I'm not gonna keep. I'm not gonna go to the gym. I'm already emotionally exhausted, which is physically exhausted, you know, because mm. physical responses. Um, remember that you have to take care of yourself biologically, and that when we forsake that biological component to self-care um we're also forsaking that part that's emotional and relational because there's also there's always a relational root to that yeah you know don't spend all your time working hard thinking that you are eliminating and destroying generational curses don't spend all your time saying this is where it runs out only for you to start it somewhere else yeah 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 check out your patterns Mm-hmm. You know, you know, a man or a woman by their patterns mm-hmm. and if you're having trouble trying to figure out where those relational, um, you know, things are, are taking place and where they might be coming physical. Just look at where you spend your time in your day. Yeah. Look at what you do. Uh, when you Aimlessly come scrolling on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> Lord. That's Which is not me. just a you thing. That's a whole cultural yeah. thing where we're more invested yeah. in. And it's a form of dissociation. Yes. Yeah. It's a form of dissociation. It really is. Yeah. 
But uh, thank you guys for talking with us. Make sure that your self-care is rooted in care for your entire self, for your whole self. Make sure that you, uh, you know, wrote down all the things I wrote about your neurotransmitters, not having to swing widely and being able to not trigger those genetic um, vulnerabilities. Yeah. Until the circle comes back around, make sure to rate, to comment, to subscribe. You can also send gifts. Um, <laughs> we accept all forms of payment uh, and also cars and mainly ice cream. Yes, just send us some Ben and Jerry's. All right, you guys, until the circle comes back around, we'll talk to you later. Bye.